the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. Thank you so much for joining us as we get started at 7 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock on a free-for-all Friday edition of The Authority. It's the sixth morning of the third month of the year of our Lord 2020, otherwise known as the day after Super Thursday. Yes, if you are paying attention to the new frontrunner for the Democratic nomination. Joe Biden. But we're not going to start with Joe Biden today. I've got a couple of things we're going to do. First of all, the guest list. Gary Ka is going to be joining us. He is the founder of Hope for the World. He's going to be joining us because he's going to be joining you in person if you are in attendance at the next RGA meeting, the Red Green Axis Exposed meeting, which is coming up on Monday. Gary Ka is a former Europe and uh, Middle East trade specialist for the Indiana state government who uh, traveled extensively overseas and discovered uh, some very dangerous stuff, quite frankly, uh, which are efforts underway to establish one-world political financial systems uh, in, uh, uh, well, essentially to take over the United States financial system. We would be subject to one-world leadership. Uh, and there is a religious component to all of this. He's going to shine a very bright spotlight on this very dangerous situation at the Red Green Axis Exposed meeting on Monday, and he will talk to us about it at 9.35. Also on the program today, and by the way, uh, really, really, this I, I think I said the next uh, Red Green Axis Exposed. This is the first. I, I should have said um, uh, next grassroots organizational, informational, educational, national security time meeting put on by my friends Dan Ramada and Beverly Goldstein and Mike Goldstein. Uh, they had previously done so under the umbrella of another organization, but the organization now is Jim Simpson's uh, Red Green Axis Exposed. So it's their first meeting under that new heading. Uh, and uh, it'll be great to have Gary Kahn to talk about that coming up 
at 9.35. Also on the program today, Mario Innocenzi is going to be joining us. He is one of the Geauga County uh, Republican Party hosts of the uh, Trump Day Dinner, which is coming up on March 12th, next week, obviously. And uh, I'm very much looking forward to being there. I will be speaking at that event along with Peter Kersenow and along with Jim Renacci. It is going to be a great event, uh, and Mario is going to tell us all about it coming up at 10.35. So those are the two guests today. But we are going to start with Chuck Schumer. And the reason we're going to start with Chuck Schumer is because he refuses to do the right thing. He refuses to do the noble thing. The noble, the true noble thing would be to step down. What he said on the, on the steps or just outside of the Supreme Court of the United States in directly threatening two Supreme Court justices by name should be disqualifying from further service in the United States Senate. He should resign with his head down and in disgrace. That would be the noble thing. A less noble but maybe acceptable thing would be a full-on apology. But we didn't even get that. Just a reminder, this is what happened on Wednesday. If you go forward with these awful decisions... All right, sorry about that. Let's get it queued up properly. I want to tell you, Gorsuch... I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind, and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with with these awful decisions. It has led to a rebuke. From uh, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, it has led to a rebuke from liberals, liberal judges, liberal um, uh, law professors, and yes, even some of his Democratic colleagues condemned and criticized Chuck Schumer for this. You would think that would have his head down in deep apology for, you know what, I was really emotional. I feel really passionately about killing babies. I want women to have the option to kill babies whenever they wish. And because of my belief in infanticide, I really lost my head just a little bit there. Babies lose their arms and legs, and yes, their heads too, but you know what, I shouldn't have lost mine. I should have kept my head about me because I have that choice, which babies don't. So I apologize for letting my emotions get the best of me and threatening uh, the two Supreme Court justices. He refuses to do that, however, Chuck Schumer. So, yes, I am angry. The women of America are angry. And, yes, we will continue to fight. To kill babies. For a woman's right to choose, I will continue to fight for the women of America. Now, Except for the women of America who are yet to be born. Women of America who are still resting comfortably inside their mother's womb. Not going to fight for you. Not going to fight for you at all. Going to fight for the right to murder you before you emerge from that womb. Going to fight for the right to, uh, to do horrific, horrific things to you, even after you are pain-capable and, and can feel what is... Gonna, not going to fight for those women. No, 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 no. Because you don't count, apparently. I should not have used the words I used yesterday. They didn't come out the way I intended to. My point was... Does that sound like an apology? I shouldn't have used the words I used yesterday. But now immediately get into justification mode. No apology. No apology to Brett Kavanaugh. No apology to Neil Gorsuch. 
No apology to President Trump who nominated them. No apology to the Republican senators who uh, confirmed them. No apology to the American people for some of the most dangerous inflammatory rhetoric that I think we have heard from a sitting United States senator maybe ever. I don't want to go that far because I would have to do a lot of historical uh, checking. But that I can recall, I'll go with that. Maybe the most inflammatory, dangerous rhetoric from a sitting United States senator, let alone a position of leadership. He's the Senate minority leader that I can ever recall. He's not apologizing. He's saying, I shouldn't have used those words. And then he gets into justification for using those words. There would be political consequences. No, 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 back up. My point was that there would be political consequences, political consequences for President Trump and Senate Republicans. Okay, you are a bald-faced liar, all right? Let's just get that out right now. Chuck Schumer is a bald-faced liar. There can be no political consequences for the people you targeted because judges and justices do not face elections. Politics is the process of electing people to office. That's what politics means. Supreme Court justices are not running. They don't get elected. They don't face re-election based on decisions that they make. Supreme Court justices are appointed and confirmed, and they serve for life. So don't try to tell me you were saying politically they face uh, the whirlwind politically, they face uh, 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 what, whatever whatever repercussions you want to throw at them. There is no political threat you can make against them. You were not talking about Donald Trump. You were not talking about Republican senators. How do we know? Well, because we have ears. I want to tell you, Gorsuch. I want to tell you, Kavanaugh. Did not say the name Trump, did he? Did not say the names of any Republican senators, did he? You have released the whirlwind, and you will pay the price. Didn't say anything about a political price, did he? And he couldn't, because again, he said Kavanaugh and Gorsuch. He said Kavanaugh and Gorsuch. So how can there be a political price for people who don't have to run and actually engage in politics, which is the process of getting elected? That's what I want to know. How can he stand there be in on the floor of the Senate at that podium and claim that he was talking to Trump and Republican senators when he named Gorsuch and Kavanaugh by name and, again, did not say political He didn't say you're going to pay a political price. He said you're going to pay a price and... You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. You won't know what hit you. That's a direct threat. And I want to know why nobody else is bringing up what I am bringing up. And this is not self-congratulatory or self-promotional when I say this, but I watch Hannity and I listen to other talk show hosts clearly on a regular basis, especially those here on the Salem Network, but elsewhere. And I haven't heard anybody else pointing out that they're, they're, he left some people out. Why did he only target Kavanaugh and Gorsuch? Why didn't he say the name of Samuel Alito? Why didn't he say the name of Clarence Thomas? Why didn't he say the name of John Roberts? Republican-appointed justices. 
that likely share a similar constitutional originalist worldview. And constitutional originalism is what the Supreme Court is supposed to make their decisions based on. It is a constitutional uh, branch of government. Obviously, it is one of the three co-equal and separate branches of government, but, but they specifically must follow the Constitution. That's their job. The other members of those of that court, Ruth Bader, uh, Bader Ginsburg and Sotomayor and Kagan, and to a lesser extent Breyer, these individuals, um, you know, are are constitutional activists. Eh, we don't have to go by what the Constitution says. We can uh, change it as we see fit based on our own personal uh, ideology and current trends of the time, if we see fit. They're not originalists, which is why many of us criticize them and point out the differences of the of the various members on the court, which is why the left was so terrified that Donald Trump won the election. It's not just that he beat Hillary Clinton, but he's going to get to pick one or two, and if he wins another term, he's going to probably get to pick at least a third member of the court, which is going to tilt it, they say, to the far right. I say, and reality says, it's not tilted to the far right, it's tilted to to the Constitution, to originalism rather than modern-day activism. So why didn't Justice, or excuse me, why didn't Senator Schumer bark at the names of Alito and Thomas and, to a lesser extent, Roberts, the Chief Justice? No, he only chose two quote-unquote conservative constitutional originalists that were appointed by Donald Trump. Why? Because he is playing the politics here. No one else. Chuck Schumer is playing politics. He knows that the you know his base and the Democrat base hates Donald Trump with the white hot passion of one billion sons. And so he's going to target only the Trump appointees rather than other conservative originalist appointees. Because he knows it will, it will, it will strike a, a chord with his radical leftist base. If the Supreme Court, with the newly confirmed justices, stripped away a woman's right to choose. Again, why just the newly confirmed justices? Their votes are only two of nine. If there was a 5-4 majority, there's three other names that would be just as responsible for such a vote. Why is he not naming them? Of course I didn't intend to, to, to suggest anything other than political and public opinion consequences for the Supreme Court. And it is a gross distortion to imply otherwise. It is an embarrassment and an insult to our intelligence to imply otherwise that you did not mean to threaten them. It is an insult to our intelligence for you to send Goodman, your spokesman, out to say, uh, clearly he meant Republican senators. That's who is going to face the whirlwind. That's who's going to pay the political price. It's not the justices themselves. I mean, he was obviously talking about Trump and the Republican senators. Let's just hear it one more time. Let's listen for the names Trump or the words Republican senators. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you 
go forward with these awful decisions. Common decency requires that he apologize. True, noble intentions require. A noble character require that he resign. And moreover, if he truly wants to square this with the American people, admit the truth, Chuck Schumer, you lying piece of hypocritical liberal trash. You, you, you floating piece of flotsam and jetsam. Tell the truth. If Donald J. Trump had said the exact words you did outside that court, referring to two uh, liberal justices, you would have filed impeachment papers immediately. You would not call it a gross distortion. You wouldn't listen to explanations like the crappy ones that you put forth. You would demand impeachment. But because you did it, oh, it's a gross distortion of what I said. Chuck Schumer, it's time to go. 922 back after this. I think we just found the cure. Just listen. All right, I don't know if I have time for that long intro of this song, but yes, this is the cure. Chris and Avon, you are on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Chris, how are you? Bob, how are you? Thanks for taking my call. Yes. Hey, um, people don't realize the seriousness of uh, Chuck Schumer and and really uh, the implications for Chuck Schumer himself and and using history, uh, history as a context. Um, in 1918, Eugene Debs, who was a socialist, a union organizer, and one-time presidential candidate, was charged, tried, and convicted in federal court under the Sedition Act and went to prison for over a year. And one, he opposed World War I, which was the main charge, but one of the other pieces of evidence that was uh, put forth was that he made disparaging comments about the supreme court he didn't name any specific justice but he said things like the supreme court is playing dice with the the lives of people in the united states and he went to jail for it now uh chuck schumer uh chuck schumer has named individual judges has threatened them in an attempt to uh coerce their decision making right uh it's it's huge and then the second thing is Chuck Schumer's a lawyer. Where is the American Bar Association on this? They have code of conduct, code of ethics, and I can guarantee you there is things that say you do not, as an officer of the court, you do not comment about the court and disparage them and attack them. And threaten uh, them about the decision that they have. Yeah, this wasn't criticism of a decision that's already been made. They were hearing uh, the case. So he's trying to threaten them and influence their decision ahead of time, which is a a very obvious, strong violation of the separation of powers. For crying out loud, they're supposed to be separate, co-equal branches of government. One legislative leader is trying to tell the judicial branch, if you don't act as I want you, to or read bigger uh, we democrats liberal democrats and pro-choicers pro-infanticiders want you to you will pay a price now since they can again i don't want to repeat it but since they can't pay a political price because they're not elected that can only mean another kind of price and that is a very very uh, thinly veiled threat 
I'm a, I'm a little disappointed that censure uh, uh, proceedings have not already begun because, they, they, you know, the, the, really the only political violence that has occurred in the last two years was a socialist Bernie uh, bro who took shots at uh, Republican senators. Who's to say that somebody's not going to take a shot at these guys? Exactly. Uh, you know, That's, and, and that... so so censure is, is, is the bare minimum. And, and I'm a little disappointed that uh, Mitch McConnell came out and he had strong words, but they yeah. ought to immediately begin censure proceedings from him. Uh, I only completely nine, agree. Only I'm, glad, nine... I'm glad you brought up Bernie and uh, Hodgkinson, I think was the guy's name, who shot up the uh, Republican yep. uh, baseball field, attempted mass murder. People people think, well, it was only one guy who got hit and he didn't die, Steve Scalise. So, you know, uh, it's a little background thing. Uh, it was attempted mass murder. If he had hit five or six of them and killed them, I mean, this would be a very, very different place right now. Uh, but I'm glad you brought that up because he was, this shooter, a, a devout Bernie brother, a Bernie supporter, and it's interesting that you mentioned Debs because earlier this week I was ta- uh, reading a little bit from uh, uh, the Wall Street Journal. There was an article in the journal that compared. Uh, the, it was actually entitled "The Second Coming of Eugene Debs," and it isn't Chuck Schumer because of his comments. Uh, it's it's actually Bernie Sanders, uh, the, the you know the socialist candidate. So uh, there was a really interesting comparison there. You might want to look that up. It really underscores the point you made, Chris. I got a jet. Thanks for the call. Great stuff. Um, Going to take a time out here for news. On the flip side, we're going to uh, kind of slam on the brakes a little bit on this and get into something else. As I mentioned, Gary Cobb, the founder of Hope for the World, is going to join us about a very disturbing uh, world threat, quite frankly, a national threat to the United States based on uh, a, a one, one world government, one world financial system. Gary Cobb will explain that coming up on AM 1420 The Answer. Had to come back in to start this segment with a little Santana to celebrate the fact that we are continuing our winning. Friday, first Friday of the month, job numbers are in. About an hour ago, we learned that President Donald John Trump is continuing to kill it. The U.S. economy added another 273,000 jobs in the month of February. 273,000 smashing the estimate of 175,000 jobs. Smashing it by almost 100,000 more. The unemployment rate dipped down to 3.5%. Once again, the lowest in this country since 1969. 1969, the summer of love. Summer of a lot of other bad stuff. The summer of landing on the moon. We haven't had numbers like this since Neil Armstrong took that step for crying out loud. I just want people to understand how historic this is. And this, by the way, after January's enormous month of 225,000 new jobs. It just keeps getting better and better. Nothing is slowing down this country's economy. Not the coronavirus, not the Dems fear-mongering. We just are winning. 
Congratulations to the President of the United States, his amazing team, and yes, American businesses, which continue to thrive with lower tax rates, which, which continue to thrive with less regulation so that they can expand, grow their operations, manufacture more, retail more, and need more and more Americans to do those jobs. And Americans are thriving. I mean, just think about the fact that we literally have roughly 96.5% of Americans employed. And uh, that's a staggering thing. And Paul Krugman and the rest of the liberal economists who said we were going to see immediate economic recession with Donald Trump as president, I hope you are putting in your resignation papers along with Chuck Schumer's. All right, sorry to get off on that tangent. I want to bring on my guest. Actually, I have two guests on the on the uh, uh, program now. I mentioned at the top of the show Gary Ka, who is the founder of Hope for the World, joining us. He's a former Europe and Middle East trade specialist working for the state of Indiana and in his uh, travels extensively overseas, working closely with economic staff at American embassies uh, on trade projects, he found some things out that he probably wasn't supposed to find out uh, about one world political and financial systems being implemented and the danger that has on a free market economy like ours uh, and the fact that there's a religious motivation connected with this as well. Gary Ka joins us now on AM 1420. The answer, Gary, good morning. Good morning, Bob. How are you? I'm great, thank you. It's good to have you on. And our second guest, of course, is Dan Ramada. I mentioned this also at the top of the show, if you were listening at 910. Uh, Dan Ramada is uh, uh, hosting Gary on Monday night at the Brexville Community Center for the first meeting of RGA Exposed, which is Red Green Axis Exposed. Dan and uh, Beverly Goldstein and Mike Goldstein had teamed up to host very important national security events uh, over the course of the last few years under a different umbrella uh, organization, but they are now working under the Red Green Axis Exposed umbrella. And Dan Ramada, good to have you back, my friend. How are you? Wonderful, Bob. Thanks for having me. Good morning. And Thanks by the way, for... only you can only you can take a tangent or go off on a tangent and actually tie it into what we're going to talk about. The red green <laughs> axis <laughs> hates capitalism and Christianity, and the jobs report promotes capitalism. Yes, it does, and it's just to kind of uh, it's it's really kind of sad to me that Joe Biden has taken over front runner status now because I really really wanted that choice uh, between full on free market capitalism and Bernie Sanders um, uh, 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 socialism and uh, essentially communism a communist uh, ideology that he stands by uh, and has for his entire adult life. But that's another story. Uh, Gary Cott, uh, first of all, let's talk about Hope for the World. You were the founder of this organization. Tell me a little bit about it. Well, we started out in the early 90s, and uh, basically it was the organization uh, built around uh, my book and Route to Global Occupation when it came out in the early 90s, warning people about this ultimate push toward uh, world government. And uh, my book covered the political and the economic developments, but also tied them in with some of the religious uh, underpinnings and motivation behind the movement, trying to bring it about. And, of course, uh, back then we didn't see a lot of... Um, the fruition of this movement publicly. It was mostly behind the scenes. Uh, but in the last few years, uh, it's come to the surface. And, and uh, uh, we realize we're up uh, against a, a big battle in this country, and people are finally waking up and, and taking a stand. But uh, we have to keep doing everything we can to get the information out. 
Gary, a lot of people hear the words one world government or one world, world uh, political system or you know anything in that vein, and their their eyes gloss over. And like, well, what does that mean? Uh, you know, I mean, are you telling me that we're not going to be you know run by our own government, our own president and Congress, et cetera, et cetera, here, that somebody in Europe is going to be calling the shots? Or they have a hard time believing or understanding that that could become a reality. Can you talk to us about the actual, first of all, describe the meaning of one world government for those who just, like I said, their eyes kind of glaze over on this and then second of all the reality of the threat how how legitimate and how near in terms of the time frame you mentioned you started looking at this in the 90s uh they are in a long game we always talk about the fact this is not something they're going to just go and uh and and try to win in a in a battlefield it's not going to be something that they try to win with swords and have it done in a day or a week or a year this is decades in the making can you explain that yeah, I, I was amazed uh, when I was on my job with the government of Indiana. Um, uh, what I did was promote trade uh, to increase exports here in the state, uh, working with our foreign embassies to make that happen, to create more jobs back here on the home front. And I was amazed at how many people in our State Department favored this idea of, of world government. And to them, it simply meant an empowered United Nations that eventually becomes a system of global governance. Uh, whether it's through international treaties or other means, but they were really pushing the treaties at the time. Um, and, and then gradually, as I asked questions, it's amazing what you can learn just asking questions and not showing your hand right away, you know, and, and people would open up and express uh, what they were in favor of, and they saw this as a way to bring about world peace and world unity. Countries wouldn't be able to fight each other anymore because they wouldn't exist as they exist today. Um, everything would be under one global umbrella. So this thing was moving forward in the name of world peace and unity. Um, also, I heard the term global warming spoken, I'd say, about 10 years before I ever heard it publicly. And so I knew way back in the 80s and early 90s that the global warming agenda would be a big part of this push toward world government. And the thinking is, and, and, and their narrative is, we have to have world government and empowered UN or some other organization to be able to save us from ourselves in order to uh, fight this environmental crisis. And so basically, Bob, what they've done is every problem that exists in the world, they make it sound a lot worse than it is and then use that as a reason for ma- uh, major change. And, of course, people won't accept a world government if things are going well as they are. So there has to be a reason to change and take this big leap, and, and they're all about trying to set the stage to help make that happen. I want to bring Dan in here in a moment about a different component of this, but you already, Gary, anticipated my next question because I was going to ask you about the Paris Climate Accords right before you said global warming because that's, I think, you know, an example, and it's maybe just a trial balloon or it's just a very modest first step um, of, of this, you know, this movement, this one-world government movement, and the United right. States signed on to it under Barack Obama and Democratic leadership, and we, of course, immediately got out of it under President Trump. But is that kind of what we're talking about, where our uh, uh, decisions that we are making in the United States about how we run our country, about our economy, about our uh, uh, effort with emissions, et cetera, et cetera, is not up to us any longer. We will not be able to make those decisions. They will be made for us by a government, uh, uh, excuse me, by a world government body, and we have to sign on to it uh, in order to, uh, to, to be bound by it. Yeah, it's basically giving away our sovereignty piece by piece. But the, the Paris Climate Accords, 
uh, we're a big step in that direction. And I'm so glad we have a president who sees through this and is undoing it. And that's one reason he's under the attack um, that he is. Um, this has been in the making for years and years. In the past, it was much more subtle. But now the uh, liberals in Congress that are globalists, they feel they're close to, to a victory. And the reason they feel that is that socialists are gaining about 1% to 1.5% per year, even since President Trump has been in, with all of his you know, economic success. In spite of that, globalists are still gaining ground, largely because over 70% of university graduates coming out uh, lean in that direction. And the older Americans are dying off, and this coming presidential election this fall for the first time, the way things are playing out, it appears that the 20 to 40 crowd will outnumber the 65 and older people. And so there is a shift going on in the country. And so this is emboldening uh, your globalists, your socialists, because they feel it's just a matter of time till they have enough in their numbers that they can get this agenda done. So we do have to take it seriously. We don't need to panic. We just need to take a stand uh, discover the facts, and, and I think the truth sets people free when they realize what this is all about. I think most people hopefully would vote against it, uh, but they do have momentum. Uh, we are talking again with Gary Ka, the founder of Hope for the World, and we are talking about a push for one world government and a one world financial system, which is something else we're going to talk about, Gary. But I want to bring Dan Ramada in from RGA Exposed, Red Green Axis Exposed, who is going to be hosting you uh, for this very important meeting on Monday night. Dan, you uh, are aware of and want to talk about the religious component to this. This is not just about secular governmental uh, goals and financial and so on and so forth. Um, there is an element of this uh, with respect to the Muslim Brotherhood, a topic with which you are extremely familiar, uh, in fact, an expert on, and it's something that you and with the other organization you used to work with used to um, uh, spend an awful lot of time educating Americans on. Tell us how the Muslim Brotherhood is intertwined into this. Did we lose Dan? I think we may have lost Dan. Uh, there, no, we're here. Okay, so if you'll notice, Linda starts through her, uh, Care, um, Rashida Tlaib, Ilan Omar, and they're aligned with Bernie Sanders. Okay, so that's currently. If Biden becomes the candidate, they will be aligned behind him, and Biden and Obama are enablers of their agenda. The mere fact that they didn't shut down the Muslim Brotherhood when they had the opportunity and let that largest terrorist financing trial in the history of the U.S., Go away quietly and allow these people to work in our in our government and in our communities and brainwashing our kids on the college universities and duping imams, pastors, and rabbis through interfaith dialogue that's happening throughout the country tells you that they're advancing their agenda. We're going to get into several things on Monday night in addition to what Gary has to say, but here's one that should shock everybody. Mohammed Majid was the former president of the Islamic Society of North America, and he was one of the main people put in charge of the Department of Homeland Security when they scrubbed all the records that Phil Haney was exposing, if you remember that of course. point. Well, he, he was just recently, um, and I cannot remember the acronym for this organization that uh, former uh, Senator Brownback had, but there's something called the Abraham Initiative, and Kalista Ingrich is the ambassador to the Vatican, and she hosted a number of leaders in her living room in the last month or so 
and Muhammad Majid was one of them, one of the leaders of the Muslim Brotherhood. Now, we might get into, I'm not sure, but I've followed, uh, if Gary will talk about it Monday or not, there's another organization pushing for this world religion, the Parliament of World Religions. Well, when you do your uh, little dick, deep diving on those people, one of the um, board members uh, in honorarium is Uma Abedin's mother, who was an original founding member of the Muslim Sisterhood. I mean, the more you dig, the more you find it, it's, it's, astounding. it's astounding, and we'll be exposing all of that. Uh, we're talking to Dan Pramata with uh, RGA Exposed, Red Green Axis Exposed. That's Jim Simpson's new organization, and uh, they are indeed sounding the alarm on threats uh, against the United States. Gary Ka with us as well, the founder of Hope for the World. Gentlemen, I've got to get a hard break here. Can you both hang on for a couple more questions on the flip side? Sure. Okay, th- thank you. I appreciate that. There's a meeting that's happening. I'll say this on our way into the break. There is a meeting that is happening, RGA Express meeting at the Brexville Community Center, Center, excuse me, on Monday night at 7 p.m. This is not an open, open event. You have to register. You have to register for security purposes by sending an email to rga at eaglefiremail.com. That's RGA, think red, green axis, RGA at EagleFireMail.com. If you would like to attend this event, send your send an email to that, and uh, we'll do some vetting and make sure that everything is on the up and up, and uh, you can go and attend this very important lecture from Gary Ka, uh, put on by RGA Exposed. We'll be back after this. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. Talking money on AM 1420, the answer, specifically how we make it and how and why we are thriving in it in this uh, free market economy uh, that has been uh, pushed uh, so incredibly well by the President of the United States, Donald Trump. We are a free market economy in the United States. We are killing it. The latest job numbers show it. Uh, the growth is uh, is incredible. It looks like there's nothing that can slow it down, despite constant negative fear-mongering by liberal Democrats who are trying to get a uh, contraction, at least in quarter one with respect to the uh, coronavirus, but it doesn't look like it's happening. And we bring that up now, of course, because our guests uh, are talking about one-world government and a one-world financial system that we would have to surrender our free market economy to if we were to enter into it. Gary Ka is the founder of Hope for the World, and he's also the author of En Route to Global Occupation and the New World Religion. Dan Ramada with us as well with Red Green Axis Exposed. Their next meeting with Gary as the featured speaker is Monday night in Brexville. Okay, Gary, let's talk about the One World uh, one world uh, Financial System of all of this. I-, I feel like as long as we have an actual capitalist in the White House, we're going to be okay. Nobody is going to be sending any representative or ambassador of the United Nations to surrender our uh, uh, system, our economic system. But if we don't have the right person and we don't have the right uh, legislature, then I guess anything is um, is possible. How serious is the threat of one world, uh, a one-world financial system along with one-world government? Well, it, it's very real. Uh, but like you said, uh, they have to have the right people involved at the highest levels in order to pull it off. And so as long as President Trump is in there, um, he's not. I think he's going to do everything he can to not let this come about. Uh, if Biden gets in, on the other hand, um, you know, you and I both know he's he's really struggling um, mentally. I mean, every day he's got gaffes. Um, there's no way he's 
suited for this important position. And I believe the deep state players understand that. So if he gets into power, uh, he'll be manipulated to no end. I mean, what they'll be able to get done, it'll just be a continuation of, um, of what the Obama administration accomplished. And I think we would see a race toward globalization. Uh, there are a lot of other things going on around the world that are feeding into this that, that most people are completely unaware of. Um, for example, uh, and I, you know, I hate to get too um, controversial here, but l- let's go for it. Um, this current Pope Francis has been very supportive of a lot of these things, the hyper-environmental movement. He's made some strong pro-socialist statements, that type of thing. What most people are not aware of is that about a year ago, February of 2019, he met with the world's best-known Muslim cleric, the Grand Imam Ahmed Al-Tayyib of Egypt, and together they hosted uh, a summit and they drafted a joint document titled Human Fraternity for World Peace and Living Together. And this is helping to lay the groundwork for this idea of an interfaith new world order uh, coming together of the world. They have to get the religions of the world to unify somehow if they're going to have a political and and an economic uh, world government in place eventually. A few days after their meeting, Pope Francis addressed the World Government Summit in Dubai. That was the actual name of this uh, conference, the World Government Summit. And uh, his speech was delivered uh, by teleconference, and uh, he's viewed as a hero in, in, in these circles. So that's a, a big step, because you cannot bring all of this about without having some key religious figures promoting it as well. Uh, just one more thing I want to mention about the Pope. Uh, as part of all of this, he is launching on May 14th what he calls a Global Compact on Education. And this is all about having a worldwide... Uh, global village effect on education that will prepare individuals worldwide to be able to embrace these major changes coming up down the road. Uh, So people do need to take this seriously. Like I said, as long as uh, Trump is in, uh, I think he'll stand in the way of this. Uh, But if everyone understood how many powerful people behind the scenes have been pushing this, I think we would all take it more seriously. Dan Ramada, I've got about a minute and a half here. If you want to finish up on that, go ahead. Well, two things. I can mention that uh, most people would not be aware of mostly, you know, watch videos or, or, or follow things that happen like at Davos. In addition to this World Government Summit that happened last March, last February, all of our elite met at Davos. And King Hussein, which is from Jordan, who is considered a strong ally and not part of the Muslim Brotherhood, although there are Muslim Brotherhood members involved in his government, uh, made the comment in front of a room full packed people. He says, "You know, we all come. We all believe in the same God. Uh, we believe Jesus is the Messiah. When it, that's a bald faced lie. Muslims do not believe Jesus is the Messiah. They believe he's a prophet. And so he made that. And what's stunning is there wasn't a single person in the room that challenged him. They all clapped. So there are your elites making the decisions for world governments. And when you consider the fact that the United Nations." largest voting bloc is the organization of all of the Muslim countries called the Organization of Islamic Cooperation, and they created this plan to stop criticism of Islam worldwide and calling it Islamophobia, and you have people like Hillary and Obama who went along with this, and this is why we have the censorship that we have today with the tech giants. And so this all feeds on itself, and so that we can see where it's heading. And um, so that's what we're going to lay out for people. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.